0: I think they're in for a, a long, long year, the Bulldogs. So uh, I wish them all the best. Uh, I can imagine Dean Pace under all sorts of pressure, so good luck. They could have Vince Lombardi, the greatest ever coach in the sport, and they'd still be where they are. If you haven't got the best players, it doesn't matter how good a coach you have, you can't have great success. So I really feel for Dean Pace, inherited a real mess there with the salary caps. So. They're a long time till
1: I come out of this two, three years of rebuilding. G'day, everybody. Welcome to episode 193. This is Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson. I'm joined once again by the cocksmith, Mr. Rob Cox, over there in Camden. I'm actually cocksmith. It's been four months or three months since we've done this, this show. I'm no longer at Camaray, or I am at Camaray, but I'm, I'm in the dungeon. I'm where Not The Footy Show began, mate. Pretty much the parents' basement, however many years ago, out there in Galston, mate. It's, it's a bit surreal, um, but... So is having a new episode of Not The Footy Show. How are you, champ?
0: Mate, I'm well. What, so what are you doing? Have you you and your flatmate had a falling out? What's going on?
1: <laughs> no, no. My uh, we, We're starting off with all football all the time here on Not The Footy Show. My parents have sold the place out here, so right. we're out uh, doing a one last camp out here. We're on five acres out at Galston. And nice. Yeah, I've got a fun job tomorrow of going through about uh, 25 to 35 years of uh, uh, collected junk that has my name on it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun week or two as they uh, head towards selling. But uh, it's been okay. three weeks of rugby league, Cocksmith. Yes. Uh, I have seen grand total of about five and a half matches. I'm being up front with everybody right here. I have mm. been busy, busy, busy. I've been fishing in Arnhem Land. Yeah, I've been very, committed. Rag- very committed. Very committed been- to
0: not the footy show.
1: <laughs> I know. I've been winning a cricket grand final. Go mm. you mighty Glenorians. Mm. And uh, yeah, camping outside. Uh, it's been very hard to watch football, but you, I believe, have not missed a game. Is that correct? Uh,
0: that not correct. I've actually shot nine games of the season so far. So, uh, what are there? Eight per round? There's 24. So I've nearly got to half of them.
1: Well, you're doing better than me (laughs) because, uh, there's been three rounds. We have only two teams undefeated after those, uh, three rounds. It's the Melbourne Storm and the Rabbitohs. We will take you through whatever we've seen for the first three rounds in episode 193 today. It's also called the John Bateman Appreciation Society episode. Uh, you haven't seen him play, which is a good uh, indication of how good this podcast is going to go. Mm. I'll just dominate that. I've seen one game. So uh, we're doing well. It's a it's a great uh, ability to get back into Not The Footy Show. We're also on YouTube. A thousand views are our last episode. Wow. And we're not even recording this one via um, camera. So we're giving the people what they want, Cocksmith. Yeah. yeah. And you will tell us about just that, just that after the break here at Not The Footy Show. Absolutely. Not The Footy Show. Okay, it's time for the first cocksmith story time,
0: mm.
1: or cocksmith from the sidelines, or something. We, I mean, it, I mean it's I, some sort of.
0: Yeah, I, I was in the end, in the end, go, in, end zone. The yes. uh, southern oh, So
1: Coxsmith, can we call it, Can we call this segment cocksmith in the end zone?
0: Absolutely, you can. As long as we can call John Bateman the master. <laughs> uh,
1: very good. Good going. All right, you're out there. You're out somewhere on the weekend.
0: Last night it was as cold. I can't say what it was cold as, but it was very, very cold. In uh, in Bathurst, and yeah. uh, just after half time, I, I decided to change sides. Very narrow sideline at, at uh, Carrington Oval, in in Bathurst, and so I thought I'll I'll go over to the other side of the field, um, you know, not away from the TV cameras and the, the benches and whatnot. So I went down via the south end, and uh, as I was as I was uh, going around the end zone, um, Melbourne had just scored a try, um, and well, I Penrith that- certainly didn't. No, not at all. And I and I, I was kneeling down and I was photographing what was happening and you know, kind of looking around at the crowd. And I hear someone yell out, "Yo, cocksmith!" And I kind of turned around. And yeah. I'm looking, and straight away I thought to myself, "Hold on, Woz has been playing this down. We've got fans in Bathurst.
1: We're big in Asia and we're big in Bathurst. That's we're pretty were much the big in <laughs> <the
0: back-to-back>. coal <cold laughs> Yeah, cold old Bathurst." And I turned around. And I looked. I looked from where it came from, and I heard it again. "Yo, cocksmith!" I looked around, I'm thinking, who knows me? Nobody really knows me, you know, as cocksmith apart from you and probably Chucky from the NRL. And yeah. uh, anyway, I, I thought, this is all right. And I'm looking through my, my camera lens. I turn it back towards the footy and <laughs> I notice that Cameron Smith's lining up a, a kick and I hear it again, you cocksmith. And I, and I I listened one more time. And and I, th- I figured out that he, he wasn't yelling out, yo, cocksmith, he was yelling out, you're a c- Smith. <laughs> now, put that together however you like, but I don't think he was talking to me. I think he may have been addressing the ex-Australian no, I- <laughs> captain, the great Queenslander, Cameron Smith.
1: I think that's a long bow, Cocksmith. I think he's talking to you, clearly. I think he is a massive Not The Footy Show fan. I think, <laughs> I think you just... You took that circumstantial evidence and you made 17. And that's pretty much what happened. I think, mm. go back, you know how that what's, that, what's that line, Occam's Razor, when I was watching that show House, it was mm. a great show. Yeah. The uh, the first um, solution or the first uh, correction is often the best one or the correct one. Right. So I think we're going with, that. we've just got massive, massive amount of fans at Carrington Park out there in Bathurst. That's well, what I'm that, going with.
0: Well, you can go with that, but I'm going with someone was throwing uh, Cameron Smith a, a bit of a spray. That's how I'm going with
1: <laughs> uh very very good well that's the first uh in the end zone with cocksmith or in Mm -hmm. cocksmith's end zone or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. uh very good start to the year there'll be more stories like that coming from cocksmith because he is a man of the people uh all three people that know his name cheap Mm -hmm. nasty Mm -hmm. and downright boring are you a member of the john bateman appreciation society why not, eh? We've got to get into what is the name of the episode. It's uh, the John Bateman Appreciation Society. Uh, we've already established that you have not seen him play one minute this year. No, I have photographed a... him. You I... did photograph? Yeah. Well, but... was, that, was that round one or round two against Melbourne? No, which no, no, was that?
0: no, not at all. It was um, during the headshots of uh, for the, the, the football this year, mate. So I've met him and uh, photographed his uh, portrait for the NRL media guide, but I haven't seen him play.
1: So you're all over it. Hmm. I... Saw highlights of the first two matches as I established I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I watched the game on Friday night against the Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, less said about that match, the better two very average football teams going at it. He is the very essence of my favorite term in footy, or the term that I use more often than anybody, mm-hmm. is he's a footy player. He just is someone who doesn't look like the same athletes as the other guys you go and around your Sam Burgesses and your... Yeah you know, your Latrell Mitchells, et cetera. He just looks like this kind of bloke that you played footy with or against for however many years you played footy, who was just turning up on every play, hard to tackle, muscly that you just hurt your arms when you tackled him. This kind of player who just gets up there and plays a little bit of niggle and, you know, likes to um, chirp, and but he just gets the job done. Canberra have paid a, I believe, a, a big transfer fee for him. But if the first three rounds are any indication, they have finally picked up an absolute stud. And I'm willing to say that he will... A stud. Stud. He is a gun. I don't wow. like going off early, but he is a very, very good football player. And Canberra, Ricky Stewart, gets his criticism. But Canberra, two and one after the first three rounds. Mm. John Bateman has a lot to do with it.
0: A lot of key words in that little um, last you know, uh, paragraph there, mate, that you said. There was a stud... There was a going off early and a gun. So Mm. I'm not sure if this is a footy show or what it is. But yeah, look, he does look like a decent player. I did see a couple of highlights. Uh, I liked uh, a couple of weeks ago when he feigned to throw the ball at somebody's head. Yep. Um, I kind of like Niggle as well. But uh yeah, he looks like he looks like he's gonna be good. It, it seems to me that they're trying to pack some um some poms down in um in Canberra, didn't they? Just they've buy got, a halfback as well. And
1: well, there's talk that they've Hodgson. got George Williams, yeah. um, who apparently is the English halfback. I've never seen him play, but then again, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. Uh, they've got Josh Hodgson who probably had his best game of the year uh the other night. They've got that Ryan Sutton who had played all right on Friday night, and they've also got Elliot Whitehead, who we both know is a really good footy player, mm. they've got four. They've got the uh, the Beatles or whatever they're calling them down there. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad effort. They actually did a photo down in Canberra of them crossing, yeah. doing a crossing like Abbey Road. It was it was impressive. But that's as much Canberra love as you're going to get from me this entire year, or well, not the footy show. But I just wanted to give John Bateman his due. That has been an outstanding uh, introduction uh, to the NRL for a uh, English player. We've had players that have come out and had a wealth of expectation on them that haven't quite delivered, but guys that have delivered, are, you know, the Adrian Morley's, the Gareth Ellis's, and of course, Sam Burgess. Mm. But uh, John Bateman, just from what I've seen so far and just the way he plays his football, um, it's a, it might be a bit early, but I'm willing to say he's got that, he's got that kind of pedigree about him, which what is a, that,
0: a... I was going to say, what yeah. do you think of the Ranger down there, the new Ranger. Horsborough? Oh, Corey Horsborough.
1: Oh, the kid can play. See, this yeah. is why we get on well, uh, Cocksmith, because he's mm. a goer. Mm. I, like, that's probably something that Canberra needed. Now they lost all their props, basically, in the off season. They had to move Soliola a prop. Uh, Topali's gone to prop, which I think has been a pretty good move. But this kid, he adds a little bit of something. A little bit of something-something, as they say.
0: Well, he's a ranger, mate. He's a, he's a ginger. He's a bluey. He likes to have a crack, you know? Good on him. No, I, I like Indeed. him as well. I like the look of him as well, mate. Um, not too sure I like the look of Sam Williams, but...
1: Hey. Well, this is the danger they've got. I, I was having a chat the other day with somebody, and I was saying, you know, can we play with twelve? Can we just like forget the halfback? <laughs> uh, Caesar's not cutting it, and Williams is. Uh, he played all right the, on the weekend, but there are some deficiencies in the way Canberra play. last point on Canberra. If they stop, if they keep not giving the ball to Rapana or Kotrick inside the twenty, they are going to lose so many games this year. It is mm. embarrassing watching them pass up two outstanding talents. Yeah. on their flanks because they just refuse. They just set, they just set, they just set, they just set up, they set up, set up, and they never actually attack. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Whiten had an up and down game on Friday night, but at least he had a crack. But they've got to do something about giving the ball to the two players to actually make a big difference for them in the 20. Didn't want to start the, the show with Canberra, but it is called yes, the John Bateman Appreciation. Yes, you did. We're at fifth. Uh, can I get to the teams that actually are undefeated? Storm and Rabbitohs. I've seen two full games involving these sides. Yeah, they're, they're the business. Rabidei's got pushed tonight by the Titans a little bit. Uh, Melbourne have looked very comfortable. They're down to the big one pretty much in terms of, you know, the big four has become just the Cam Smith. He's looked really good. He was really good on Saturday night. Uh, he just looks like he's really, I don't know, He's like he's almost got a little bit of extra speed in the legs old Cam Smith. I don't know. Is it just me? Um,
0: no, I don't know. I don't know if he gets faster as he gets older, mate. I think he's just doing a little bit more. He's, he's kind of, mm. I think he is... Um, uh, kind of making up for the fact that there's no Kronk. I mean, Munsters Munsters ably assisting him, by the way. Yeah, the, absolutely. The f- better known around around um, Bathurst as the Thief in the Night, but <laughs> he uh, he's ably assisting him. Uh, I think he's just doing a little bit more work. He's upped his workload to cover for for Slater and and uh, no Kronk. Um, but Brodie Croft played all right um, last yeah. night. Um, Cameron Smith worked hard. Didn't really stop. Um, uh, mate, it. It was uh, they were pretty brutal last night. They didn't take their foot off Panthers' throat at
1: all. Um, no, the Panthers looked a little bit lost from what I saw, and that's they that's looked. Yeah, they do bit look of a like concern given who's out there on the field.
0: Well, they look a little bit like a rudderless ship. I was really surprised mm. with Pan- the Panthers last night. Um, I have shot two or three of their games so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it looks like James Maloney. Is running the show out there, and I—I I, not that I—I like James Maloney, but I—I I always thought that the Panthers looked more dangerous last year when Cleary was running the show. They're obviously missing Villiamai Kickow, um, yeah, big time, and uh, they're probably missing a a, a hooker. I, I'm not sure. What what they keep doing with Katara and Wade Egan? Katara is a stand and deliver kind of guy, and Wade Egan is probably a little bit more creative. Um, maybe Wade Egan doesn't have the size to play early on, uh, mm. or maybe the the you know the battle hardened body. But um, they need to sort it out quickly uh, because they're you know they're, I mean it's only three games in, but they they got a shaky win uh, against Newcastle, I believe. Um, but you know they've lost pretty convincingly to to. The Storm and Parramatta, you know, they pumped them in a trial and then backed it up the week later again um, at Panthers. And Panthers are pretty hard, you know, typically are hard to beat at home. Yep. But um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, they've obviously got to do something, whether it's because of the off, off-season scandal or whatever you'd like to nah. call it. What do you think's wrong? I, I, I think, uh, I just think that they're, I, I honestly think they look better with Cleary running the show and... Um, Maloney playing second fiddle to him.
1: Well, I, I, I go back to what I said at the start of the show. I haven't seen enough to say a categorical line through any of the teams at the moment. What I will say is that you look at the total points for, for the year and it goes the Titans are 26 in the last spot and then the Penrith Panthers with 30 after three matches. They're averaging 10 points a game. I know two on the weekend didn't help that average, but still only mm. 28 points in two matches. That's a concern. Not having that kick-out edge guy. They didn't have Yo uh, the other night. Uh, very. I mean, I think Fisher-Harris has been okay, but you know, you're starting Frank Winterstein and Harm Salo in your back row. That's mm. not the Penrith uh, you know, athletic back rowers that you sort of remember yeah. and that sort of game changes. I'd give them time. I'm not going to write them off by any stretch of imagination. What I will say is that uh, just expectations with the Penrith, you know, you've got to – I think that what we've seen in the last two years has been more of the Penrith that we're going to see where it takes some time to get going rather than that year in 2016 where they just went bananas. Uh, mm. It's it's Be patient. We'll say this a lot of times this year, but this competition will allow you to have bad months of football. It's just a matter of making sure that at some stage through the year you get a good month of football just to offset that. Quickly on mm. Melbourne, uh, my man, uh, the sewing machine, Jerome Hughes. How good does he look?
0: Yeah, he looks good, mate. I think he's probably fairly comfortable that that position's going to be his for a while. I, I think if Drinkwater was around, he might be a little more nervous. But it is always nice as a player, I think, to be assured of your position and know that there's some breathing space there. So yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Um, and Brodie Croft has is obviously settled down a little bit, and he's um, he's playing good football. They're all playing good football. I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone out of yeah. form in that whole probably squad of seventeen that I saw last night. They were great.
1: Yeah, and to the Bunnies, they accounted for the Titans who gave them a push tonight. Uh, I watched the Bunnies' game against Saints in round two. Mm. That second half was very impressive. That was a that was an impressive half of football from the Bunnies. They'll be fine. They've just got to stay healthy. If they, that starting 13 stays healthy, uh, the Bunnies will be fine. As for other teams, I mean, Cronulla have put two good performances back-to-back. Uh, they're up to Townsville, and they um, crushed the Cowboys. I mean, the Tigers were, as of this afternoon, on top of the comp and then they got bundled into some serious touch by Canterbury uh, today. I watched mm. most of this match. What worried me the most, if I'm the Tigers, is that their um, ruck defense got basically pulled apart by front rowers who can't pass. Uh, Dylan Knapper's setting up tries, what's happening. Mm. Um, that's that's what would be worrying me mass- massively. I saw a bit of a clip of Michael Maguire uh, in the sheds, giving it to the players. And one of the things that you're interpreting what he's saying, obviously there's no audio, but he does seem to point outside to almost the crowd that came up today does not want to see that. Or you let that go, all those people who turned up today down. That is a fair rev up in round three, but you were there, Cocksmith, and that crowd looked fantastic. Mm. There was the atmosphere pretty much amazing until it was 18-0. Yeah,
0: it, it kind of, it was deflated a little bit after 18-0. Um, I... uh I think they they probably didn't turn up to see that today. Um you know, there was a fair crowd. I think it was a bit over was it 13,000 or 12,000? 15, I think
1: it was 15.
0: I think. it 15 it. 15. Uh looked, you know, beautiful day for football. It wasn't too hot. Uh sun was shining. Um but yeah, I I I agree with Michael Maguire mate. I you know, I don't think they turned up. I mean they they have been playing pretty good football. Um and this is this you know, this can happen you know, when you start a for season quite nicely and, and maybe unexpectedly, um, yep. you can have a few little speed humps. I think, you know, they'll be, you know, they probably didn't want a loss against uh, uh, Canterbury especially, probably favourites for the wooden spoon. Um, you know, it doesn't sit well, but um, I think that it might be a loss that they have to have every now and then just to keep their, their focus about where they're going, you know.
1: Yeah, well, let's get through the other teams quickly. We've sort of promised this is going to be about a 10 to 15-minute recap of the first three rounds, and then we'll get mm. some other topics. But uh, Parramatta in sixth spot, everyone was just cheering 2-0 to start the year. The Eels, they played okay on Friday night. Uh, oh, they did. Yeah. But that line doesn't
0: tell you what the game yeah, was about. Yeah,
1: and they, got, they just got overrun by a better team, and I think yeah. that's going to be the case with the, the Roosters and a lot of teams this year is that uh, other teams might get up at the start, but what really impressed me about uh, the Roosters – which isn't really taking away from Parramatta, but Kiri is just a fantastic footy player. But their two front rowers, Rhea Hargraves and Takiaho, they're they're up for it. Yep. They got good at the end of last year, but I tell you who, Hargraves played 80 minutes last week, I mean, out of necessity, but he still played 80 minutes. Uh, Takiaho was an absolute wrecking ball the other night. They stay fit. Obviously, they need a friend to be around and Kronk hasn't played those last two matches. I wonder, and I'm probably overthinking this, but, you know, dodgy hamstring and the Roosters don't play him against Manly. They don't play him against Parramatta. I think that's match-up uh, match resting as opposed to uh, whether he or not he could have played. Um, mm. Just making sure he gets that extra week. Uh, so good luck to the Roosters. Yeah. Team that everybody was basically saying, how bad are you as a football team? Currently find themselves in eighth after one win. And that's Manly who obliterated the Warriors the other night. I've only seen the highlights, but... Uh, Manly have got four or five good players and not a lot else, but if they fire and they get their share of possession, the likes of uh, Tommy Trebojevic and Cherry Evans will cut some teams up. It is a fun duo to watch play uh, footy. Other than that, Cocksmith, i go through the Broncos, the Knights, the Dragons, we'll talk, talk about them after the break, uh, the Warriors, Cowboys, that's the rest of the team. Anyone out of there you really want to talk about?
0: No, I, I I just want to interject a little bit about Manly, mate. I, they're going to lose more games than they win this year. Um, yeah, I agree with that. They they beat a very very lacklustre Warriors um, yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Friday? I can't remember. Oh,
1: whenever we were. It's been a long weekend. Guy. Yeah,
0: um, on the weekend. Uh, on the weekend, yes. Uh, and look, the, the Warriors are again one of those teams that you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, it's like a box of chocolates, isn't it? You don't know what you're going to get. Thanks for it. Sometimes they're brilliant, sometimes they're crap. Um,
1: well, I think there's a few teams that fit that category this year, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, you could be right. You could be right about that. And Canberra probably one of those teams. Oh, let's probably, move right along. Let's go St. to a Georgia, probably
1: one of those teams. But yeah, go on. Go to your break. <laughs> they're fifth, buddy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to other teams, but we will talk about the uh, the Gareth Widdop injury after the break here at Not The Footy Show.
0: Um, again, I know oh, we're not that smart, but we ain't that dumb either.
1: Well, not The Footy <laughs> Show. All right, we're back. It's episode 193 of Not The Footy Show. Warwick Nicholson joined by uh, Roberto Coxmithian, mm-hmm. Buddy, Gareth Widdup. Uh, in the off-season, I think it was post when we did our preview, uh, I think he announced he was going back to Warrington at the end of 2019.
0: Well, first Poor he said Gallon. he wasn't. Not going. Well, Definitely once, not yeah, going. Was... His dad got on Twitter, not going. And then he's going. <laughs> was it
1: Paul Gallon's dad or was it um, uh, Gareth Widdup's dad? Someone. Anyway, uh, he's done his shoulder uh in the third round very innocuous it's the same one he did the l- end of last yeah. year yeah it just looked not good uh mm. basically the chat is that that could be him done yep the the prevailing conversation before that however was how many cooks can you have in the kitchen at St George mm-hmm. uh they had the Corey Norman Ben hunt cam McInnes, Gareth widup uh going and basically mm. it was it was not working It it is now been I don't know if it's been rectified is the right word, but it's been addressed because of this injury. Matt Dufty will come back into fullback and give uh, them a running player that they desperately need out wide. Yeah. There's no doubt that they are a better team if Gareth Whittup is in the squad. However, do the Dragons change the way they play? Now they've got one less playmaker in that team. Do you reckon they play a bit more direct? What do you What do you think is the, the basically the outcome of, of Gareth Whittup uh, not being available and Dufty at fullback?
0: Well, obviously they they won't be able to play to Gareth Widdop's strengths, and and they'll have to play more of a game designed around uh, Hunt and and Corey Norman. Um, it's kind of solved a problem, even though that's a pretty nasty. It's not. I don't mean that Gareth Widdop was Never. a problem at all. I just think the whole situation was a problem, and I think that I think the Dragons had to jump when Corey Norman became available. It's, you don't often get players like him come on the market, so. Um, but you know, ideally, uh, it would have been better for them to um, may- maybe have waited. Although uh, it now figures out if they had have, then possibly would have um, would have had the injury. He looks like he's going to be gone for at least twelve weeks. They're saying yep. at least twelve weeks, so that would bring him back somewhere around. Um, you know, in the perfect world, around round fifteen or sixteen, that's if there's no speed humps, and depending on what happens after the scans tomorrow and everything like that. Um, but yeah, look, I I think it will change them a little bit. I think Whittup is one of those players that he just, you know, he's so good um, uh, of of playing what's in front of him. Um, yeah. Probably he's probably a little bit more advanced than then Norman is there, but Norman is still a a very good player. And we saw that he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, um, which we saw the other night. Funnily enough, he was playing at fullback when that happened to Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dufty will get his chance now. And I I know that he's, uh, he's definitely been, you know, waiting for that chance. He knew it would come this year. It all nearly always does when you're just sitting on the sidelines waiting. And, um, He'll make the most of it. I, I hope it works out for them. Uh, I, think Cam, I think Cam McInnes was probably the biggest loser in all of that, having to go back and play lock or second row. I think he's yeah. probably in the top three hookers in the comp. And um, Ooh, big call. Yeah. Well, name who's better than him.
1: Josh Hodgson. Cameron Smith. Keep going. Robbie Farrow.
0: Robbie Farah. <laughs> yeah, okay. look he, he probably he might, three, rounds, mate. He may, three rounds he may he may come in at, he may come in at about fourth because you you also Damien have, Cook um, there David you go Cook. I'm sorted yeah. but but he, he's he's right at the top of the tree and to, to push him back because you know they need to keep Ben Hunt in the team and whatever else um so it's kind of solved a problem, but there is another headache, and that is you don't have Gareth Widdup, um, and yep. you know it'll be it'll be. I mean, St. George have got plenty of headaches as far as players are out. You know, Frizzell and uh, Jack DeBellin, and and now unavailable, Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of nightmares happening down there, but um, yeah, I, I think I think this has kind of been solved a little bit because of the unavailability of of
1: Widdup. Yep. Interesting note just on that. Matt Dufty was slated to play. Uh, New South Wales, or could have played New South Wales Cup this year, this week he did not play. So mm-hmm. you would imagine he goes straight into fullback because that their game was on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the issue for the Dragons, obviously, it runs deep in a lot of areas. But I just, I like the fact from their perspective they get a look at what the future looks like in yep. their spine. Sure. Uh, and I think the Dufty thing, I just, I reckon support players around playmakers like the Normans and the Hunts and stuff is just such a big benefit. And that was probably my biggest. I couldn't f- figure out what McGregor was thinking in regards to, well, someone's still going to run the ball. And I know you've got you got Ewan Aiken who never passes and Tim Lafayette is not much different to that, but mm. you need that player around sniffing around the ruck who can turn those half chances that your, your quality playmakers create into line breaks. And that's something that I think they were missing uh, heading to that. There is another uh, fullback playing five eighth conundrum happening at the other Steel City that we need to touch on, and that's the Kalen Ponger. At six, experiment. Yeah, it looks like it may finally be over after he got moved back to fullback in the last twenty minutes of the Canberra game. Yeah, we've talked about this in the, that preseason show. I do not understand it from the point of view of he's nineteen or he's twenty-one years old. He is athletic as he will ever be. You let him run every single meter he needs to run at fullback, and you let him avoid getting trampled in the line as long as you can. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's been a case of uh, him having to do too much defence. It's been the issue up there in Newcastle. I think they're just finding their feet a little bit, but please put him back to fullback Browning.
0: Yeah, look, I think he's not ready for 5 yet. yet, um, and he may never be. I mean, you know, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but quite often when, when fullbacks convert into 5-8s, it's generally because... Uh, they're a little bit older and and being the fullback is too many miles in their legs, you know. Um, But who knows whether that will work out for Kalen? you know. Uh, I hope it does. He wants it to. He obviously wants to play 5-8 or he says he wants to play 5-8, but his position at the moment, or his best position, I think is fullback. Um, And, uh, you know, even even playing 5-8 though, you don't have to do a lot of... Defense. I mean, you're only playing one in from a center, so you know wing center five eight or wing center halfback, and you've got a center and you've got a, a back rower next to you. So it's not a lot of work at, at um, to be. A, you, know, you don't really get trampled on that much. You might get a, an edge player running at you every now and then. But <clears throat> excuse me. I think um, I think with with Ponga, he, he's just he's dangerous when you're not expecting him coming. You know, and and yeah. when he yeah. pops up. Um, which he chooses to do or chooses not to do; it's that's that's his call. Um, but I think I think the experiment is over. And I think you know someone said on a football show today that uh, Brownie needs to make the eight this year because if mm. Brownie doesn't make the eight, um, he may not be uh, around you know the Hunter for much longer.
1: So- that's what he said in the sh- the season show. We said that he basically he could probably finish ninth, maybe tenth, and just miss out and probably hold his mm. job, but he can't finish any lower than that. The other part yeah. that I will bring up about the Bateman element is that Bateman targeted him big time on Friday night and Toponga yep. really struggled. And I think, what's his name, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon wasn't quite fit as well and he struggled to protect him. It's just one of those things that you're going to yeah. see with with game plans and players that just you know, know how to attack someone who's not ready for that position and yeah. I think that's what we saw.
0: Hmm. yeah obviously the, the workload defensively is more in uh, in the front line than it is at fullback but um yeah I, I I think he needs a couple more years to really master his craft at, at nRL before you drop him into a five8 especially when he hasn't really played 58 coming through the ranks um yep. it's a new position for him i mean um, Darren Lockyer didn't play 58 uh, until um probably about six or seven years into his NRL career so uh, people yep. always refer back to Lockyer and say, oh, but he was a fullback who went to 5'8". But they, they kind of forget that there was probably six or seven years of him playing,
1: uh, you know, NRL elite
0: football before
1: he went to 5'8". Exactly. Uh, just for the record, everybody, I didn't get a chance to do the show before the season started. But I will give you what my 1-16 was uh, heading into the season. Uh, just for the record, and you'll be able to tell that it's not completely based off the last three rounds and I've changed everything because there are some interesting positional spots. Uh, I'll start one... Actually, let's start 16 and go to one because that's just more fun, isn't it? Uh, 16th, I had the Bulldogs. In 15th, I had Parramatta. Uh, 14th, Manly Warringah Seagulls. 13th, the Warriors. 12th, the Titans. Now, I'm not going to lie. (laughs) That Parra have been probably the most impressive team of all those bottom five but i do rate them as the worst five teams in the comp so so far so good uh tigers at 11 cowboys at 10 knights at nine broncos at eight sharkies at seven panthers at six dragons at five raiders at four uh bunnies at three storm at two roosters at one i look back at now and i go gee doesn't my lime green glasses get in the way by putting Canberra at four? But hey, they are two and one to start the year. And I also had the Dragons at five, Cocksmith. Now, if this holds true, and this is why I bring it up, mm. I, we never did the little handshake agreement that we had about who would finish higher and what team we would pick. Mm. Uh, so have we just defaulted back to the Raiders and the Dragons, mate?
0: I don't know. I mean, we can, I think we did say that um, we can leave it you know, for a few weeks if you want. I mean, I'm happy to leave it up to the, to first origin and then you can make up your mind, whatever you want to do, mate. Um, so keep thinking about it, whatever you like.
1: Will do. Well, there you go. There's uh, a bit more of an evaluation on the first three rounds. We will come up back to you after the break and wrap the show up here in The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Okay, it's the last episode. Oh, half stuffed up already. Let's go again. Okay, time for the final segment here on The Footy Show. Let's start that music, Mr. Music. And there it is. We are on YouTube. Now, it actually did pretty well, Cocksmith. 1,000 views of our preseason prediction show and people actually, real people, real mm. people, Cocksmith, asking us to do more shows. I'm going to read their names, not that you can...
0: Are any of uh, them from I'd Bathurst?
1: Uh, there's TL who says, Great podcast, boys. Enjoyed this. Uh, Vishaka says, Great episode 192. Love the YouTube. Well done. Uh, Shiranath says, Nice uh, vid lads. First time watching. Last time ever watching. Uh, It might have been an addition. Uh, Another one says, would love another episode. I mean, that's just, you know, happy days. We've got 15 thumbs up. We've got one thumb down. That's from R. Cox from Camden. Um, And 999 views. Uh, Mm. We will try and do episodes in the flesh. We're going to have to work through some logistics about how to get you guys episodes where it's pretty much audio. You probably need to let us know whether it's worth putting on. Um, to YouTube with that, it could just be a couple of static images, a little intro, maybe. We'll see how we go. If they're mm. short, it's probably doable. If they're longer, that makes it a little bit harder. But people were in love with the fish tank Cocksmith. Well, great. Uh, you those know, fish I, I, still
0: alive. I'd actually, yeah, they're still alive. Absolutely, every one of them. I'd, I'd um, maybe even toss this out, mate. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of musicians these days are doing, you know, lounge room gigs. Why don't if people are so keen for it, why don't they invite us over to their home, feed us? We'll set a camera up and we'll do a live show in front of them. I'm happy to do that.
1: Why Mate, not? there's safety in numbers. I wouldn't go there by myself. But I think if we're both there, people won't ne- mess with Cocksmith. Uh, I, that's that's brilliant. I mean, I know there's at least one place in Marrickville that will probably have us. Mm. Uh, what is this
0: place? What is this establishment?
1: <laughs> uh, How well uh, do you know it? the Emporium. Um, <laughs> right. I think he'll be keen. Uh, as long as I get, get fed, hard.
0: I'm happy. I'd say
1: it. so there, there it is. If you want to get in touch with us, we're both on Twitter at uh, W Nicholson for me or at NRL tweet, cocksmiths at R O B B C O X, at Rob Cox. Mm. Reach out to us, mm. listen to this episode. Obviously, this is where you're going to get the idea. If you'd like to host us for an episode in your lounge room, mm. I mean, I can imagine we'll actually end up getting some sort of legal document saying please stay away from our lounge rooms. Well, after, see that yeah, as of course.
0: There'll be a cease and desist. <laughs> about document. Afterwards.
1: Cease and desist, yes. yeah, that's good. Um, you've got a bit of experience with those, Coxmith. From what I understand,
0: um, <laughs> I know them both well. <laughs> cease and desist,
1: <laughs> nice. But that's a great idea. I like the idea. It's worthy of the music. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. There, we got to get to the last uh, segment of the show, which is asking a very, very important question, Coxmith, and that is: currently, right now, who has the worst head of hair in the NRL? I've got some. I've got some options. Mm. Do you want to hear the options, or do you want to hit me with who you think?
0: Well, uh, no. Hit me with your options. I mean, I've got one standout, an absolute standout, okay. and it's not Mahe Fanua.
1: Well, he's on the list because yep. of his commitment to whatever that is. Yes. Uh, Kieran Foran's running out there with a top knot. That's oh, just uh, ridiculous. Which finally, looks like the top of a garbage came, bag. Which finally it is actually. Uh, finally came good today. And mm. there are two lads from the Corolla Sharks who are neck and mm. neck as far as I'm concerned. And I think I've really hit the nail on the head with that neck and neck thing. Are
0: they? Are they good mates? Uh, I,
1: uh, apparently, uh, I think they're the, the Duganator and the uh, Fafi- mm. uh They are rocking moulets as they like to try and uh, get into the vernacular again.
0: Was that a French term? Is it?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that Dugan's is by far the worst I have seen. It is. Dugan's is. Like, Dugan's dude, is get, yeah. Go Dugan's, back on live on the street. That's what it, it looks like.
0: Dugan's is the worst haircut ever. In NRL history, or should I say, rugby league in Australia first grade level history, there's no one worse. That's the I worst. Mean,
1: what what strikes me about it more than anything is you think about some of the great heads of hair that we've had in rugby league. Mm. I mean, the Kerry Hemsleys, the Kevin yes. Hardwicks, yep. you know, the Jeff Robinson. Where you could, where was his head? His actual head? It was just covered in the wild um, man. Yes, the wild man. Mm. But I'm going to give you something. That came to mind then, who had like arguably the the neatest head of hair. For the longest time, he. Yeah. Al- I'll give you. I'll see if you can guess who it is. All right. He mm. always w- wore small player, like tiny, tiny little player. Yep. Always wore oversized uh, jerseys. Mm-hmm. He played for three clubs. Started off at a battling club. Went to a. Um, team what are
0: you? A- what are you? Are we talking, mate? What we're, are
1: talking, we're talking. 90s, we're talking nineties. We're talking nineties. Okay. Uh, then went to a club that had won everything and uh, couldn't win. And then mm. he ended up playing with a merged club at the end of that tenure. Uh, any ideas who I'm talking about?
0: No, look, when, it's probably a bit... I, I was thinking Steve Slippery Morris. He always had a, he always had a nice yeah. you know, part and, and whatnot. And he's also one of the only players that I can think of that started as a halfback and ended up as a winger. Uh, but no, sure. who, are you, who are you talking about?
1: Craig Field had some of the best head of hair oh. I've ever seen. Yeah, but hold Fieldy. on.
0: Where's Fieldy now? He's in the big house. Right.
1: Is he looking after his hair? That's all I care about, all right?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you one thing he's looking after. He's looking after his lummox from the photos that I've seen.
1: <laughs> but he did. He had amazing hair. And Jeff you know, his house partner, those two, just had lovely head of hairs until, you know. I've got a bit, I feel, to admit, I
0: feel quite brave, you know, with a con- con- convicted manslaughter, <laughs> you know. I can, I can talk crap about him from the other side of the wall. You shouldn't
1: wall. be. I, I, I'm giving the bloke raps, mate. Oh, what for? I, what
0: for? Seriously.
1: I can, I can sleep well at night. Uh, yeah. So we're saying that Josh Dugan has the worst head Dug's. of hair. If you've got any other yeah. suggestions for i you know the know currently. I,
0: I like Dugan. Dugan is a nice guy, though. Don't get me wrong. But that haircut mm. that he's rocking at the moment.
1: Oh, that's just so wrong. It's... Oh.
0: <laughs> mate, I, I saw it. Someone put something on Twitter or Instagram the other day and it compared him with was it a character out of um, out of a movie? Joe Dirt oh. or something? No, no. I'll, I'll find it. Maybe the NRL re- roast bloke on on oh, Instagram yeah. put something up. Uh, he, he occasionally <laughs> comes up with a pearler. Um, Yeah, mate. It's it's the worst. I mean, there are there are obviously you know notable mentions uh, in NRL history, but that one there, Dukes. I wish someone. I wish. I, I wish Fafita would just creep up on him and shave the back of it off or something. You know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one straight down the middle. Uh, yep. Yeah, but if you've got anyone who on the flip side had the greatest head of hair in history that can outdo my man, Fieldy, uh, let mm. us know. And that was the mm. final segment of the show. We're wrapping up, buddy. Hold uh, on, we I've got are a question. Gonna... I've got a question. Yes, mate.
0: One thing I'd like to see, I just, it just came to me then. One thing I'd love to see, as far as haircuts go, is we've got a lot of larrikins in the NRL. You know, I remember when Joey had the red hair, and I, uh, you know, the, the bright shock of red hair he came out with one one game, and I also mm. remember Cameron, Cameron Smith had peroxided blonde hair one week. Um, very early in his career. I think he may have
1: shaved That's it probably off. probably round one. Probably the first game he ever played. No, no, no. Here, it was mate.
0: it was in the first year or two that he played. But this is what I'd love okay. to see. I'll, I'll throw the challenge out there. For any NRL players that may have stumbled across this and are still listening 43, 44 minutes into it. Um, <laughs> what, I'd, what I would love to see is I'd love to see a give himself the, the, the premature, uh, you know, balding look. So keep the back long and zip the top in a in a circular fashion off. Like a Wally Lewis style, but obviously, you know, like the bloke will have to be in his early 20s and just zip the top of it off so that it looks like you've got a horseshoe hairdo. I'd love to see that. Do you reckon it's doable? Do you reckon some bloke out there is uh, crazy enough to do it?
1: No, I hope not.
0: I hope they are. And if they are. I'm taking them to ribs and rumps. My shout. <laughs> we're
1: not going back there. Remember, they had horrible services. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, some speaking other. Speaking of which, if you want enjoy. to sponsor the show, we are uh, we are mm. you know multi-dimensional now. We're on YouTube and we're on uh, uh, mm. uh, iTunes once again. Uh, which is actually how this show started, Cocksmith. Way back when we started off as a video. So you keep saying,
0: but how many hits did you have?
1: Oh, mate, how many looks? How many views, coloured. mate? All I know is that people want more of you, and yeah. uh, especially in Bathurst uh that's the show ladies and gentlemen it has been a pleasure catching up with my man cocksmith uh, that's what i said i didn't say anything else uh and it is uh gonna not gonna be another three months before we get back into the business uh hopefully you've enjoyed this 40 odd minute episode it will go on youtube probably as a static video uh but hopefully you've enjoyed yourself uh you can get at me at uh w nicholson on twitter and get us on facebook facebook.com slash nrl podcast cocksmith where are you yeah, oh, mostly Instagram,
0: but I'm on Twitter as well. Both have the same handle, which is just at Rob Cox with two B's, R
1: O B C O X. And make sure you give us a rating either on iTunes or let us know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you, especially around the idea of coming to your house, doing a show in person. You can yes. be part of the show. That's the key. You Absolutely. don't just sit there and just pretend you know you're enjoying it, or mm. you're trying to convince the wife or the husband. Uh, to let us stay in till the end of the show when we can put some dance music on and you can get up there and 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 get jiggy with it. Mm. Is that the right terminology? Is that what the kids are saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the best um, bits happen in
0: the breaks too. I mean, that's what you to tell the people. They're the best bits. They're the pearls of, of wisdom that come out. And I mean, they obviously quite often get edited out because I can't help but swear in between. I can't go through any more than five or six minutes without yeah, swearing. Like, just
1: the whole so. the whole segment where you were uh, telling us about the. Uh, cocksmith in the end zone or whatever it's called. That whole segment I'm going to have, a, have <laughs> yes. a struggle with. But uh, well, it's been fantastic catching up with you, mate. Uh, I'll let you go. Yes. Uh, we will convene, mm. maybe even towards the end of this week, everybody. And we've got to organise that trip to Canberra. I've got to take the nephew down to take advantage of our season tickets. So yep. next match you're doing in Raiders, Raiders Land, mate, we might do a bit of a road trip. So well, well, Ricky wants
0: you... me to bring my son down, as you know. R- Ricky oh, wants me mate. To bring... I'll Remember just tell him that I'm your
1: son as well, and so yeah. is my nephew. Probably
0: young enough to be.
1: I'll just show you the beard. You know, it takes years off. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, speaking of which, um, yes, uh, it has been, once again, fantastic talk to you. I'm now you completely too. waffling. Haven't done sure. a show for about three months. That's what's happening. And yep. we'll see you after the Pepsi commercial. Pepsi. That's it. See you,
0: everybody. You're, you're a cocksmith. Yeah, what about that? Not
1: the pretty shark. Show? show? Pepsi.